0: hold our Bibles up. And we uh, repeat this together. I'm a, child of God. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand a powerful word of God. Of God. Can, change lives. can change lives, heal broken hearts, heal broken hearts. Save, man's soul. save man's soul. And Then we say a prayer. Lord Jesus today, Lord Jesus speak, today. To me. speak to me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Reach over and hug your neighbor and let them know they're loved and appreciated if you've got to get up and move to do it, go do that too. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's exciting when the people love each other. Amen? It's good to have Nancy Moon here this morning. and uh, Amen. Amen. Uh, I was privileged to participate in uh, Bob's uh, funeral service down in Drumright, big bustling metropolis of drumwright but uh, she's got on the back board asked me to post uh, uh, some information about bob and and uh, she wrote a letter and take a moment to stop by and just read that you'll be blessed she uh, they it was a great service just a celebration time and we had a good time and the church uh, that they were attending there is just a wonderful church in fact She's a charter member of that church, and the old church building that they're remodeling for their home was the first church building for that church, a sanctuary. And they uh, they now run they, she, they now run well over 500. So in Drumright, a beautiful church, beautiful people, and uh, attended, oh my goodness, tended to the family in such a marvelous way. So uh, we're excited for her to be there, and I'd rather she be here every Sunday, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe we can coerce her to come. Don't you love Christmas gifts? I do. Uh, I love to see kids get excited on Christmas. Boy, they do, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they come down, they start looking through them and rifling through them, and I've never seen paper fly faster than on Christmas Day. Getting those gifts, got to get to them. And, you know, the adults get a little excited too, I've noticed. I love the, is it Zales that's putting out those commercials where the guy, ha- you know, shows them and the girls are going, oh, oh, oh. yeah, you know, those, those facial expressions. Because there's just something about it, about receiving those gifts. Especially if it's a gift you don't really know what it is. You know, too often we, we kind of, oh, well, we already know what it is. You old know, Bob Humbug thought, boy, it's great when you have no idea what it is. It's a lot of fun. I remember when I was a kid growing up, my our family, we had six kids in the family, and uh, my dad was, he, he's, he wasn't a very giving man, and so uh, we wouldn't even have a Christmas tree till maybe a couple of days before, because he would always wait till the sales went on with the Christmas trees, and then he'd get the most dried out one, and I mean, if you pushed it twice, all the stuff would do like Charlie Brown, and you know, all the stuff would fall off, and we didn't have lights or ornaments to hang on them, so, because he, he didn't want to buy them. Uh, so, But I remember he used to buy boxes of that tinsel, that old silver tinsel. And so we'd have that stuff hanging all over the tree. That looked like the limbs and the leaves more than the, than the stuff. But one Sunday morning, and we didn't, never put the presents out early because he, he would always wait till the very last minute to buy any gifts for us. And usually one gift, that's it. If you got one gift, that you, were, you should count your blessings. And so they were rifling through under the tree and... Everybody got theirs out. I didn't see mine at all. So I was, you know, I was the youngest boy. And then my little sister, who always got the bicycle, who always got the, the real nice stuff. You know what I'm saying? We weren't so lucky. But I was looking, and uh, everybody got theirs, and I couldn't, I didn't see mine at all. But mine was a big, tall, slender, skinny one leaning against the windowsill behind the tree. I couldn't see it. But I wanted a BB gun. I know, I know, but I wanted a BB gun because I like to sit out in the backyard and and, uh, shoot cans and dogs that ran down the alley and all that kind of stuff with my BB gun. But uh, I I didn't think I was going to get anything. And then, and I think Dad knew that. And so, you know, I was looking pretty punk over there. And so he, He reaches back there and pulls that out, and man, my eyes lit up, and I got all excited, did a little happy dance, you know, and glad to get my gift, because that's that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It's the receiving of those gifts. But gifts weren't always the idea connected with Christmas. Believe it or not, in the 1820s, a man wrote a poem that changed Christmas forever, especially here in the United States. His name was Clement Clark Moore. And the poem that he wrote goes like this. "Twas the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Any of you know that one? <laughs> before that poem, Christmas gifts weren't really given that much. In fact, almost not at all. When that poem came out, children saw in writing that presents were supposed to arrive on Christmas Eve or early Christmas morning. And they wanted them. Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, then added fuel to the fire. Business and understanding that money was to be made through Christmas gifts jumped at the opportunity. A multi-billion dollar industry was born, but we can't say Merry Christmas. Boy, they want your money, don't they? If you frequent a store that will not say Merry Christmas, leave the store. Make your statement. Heard them in the pocketbook. I'll guarantee you they'll listen. Guarantee you they'll listen. And if you're in a store that doesn't have Merry Christmas anywhere, just start shouting it while you're walking down the aisles. Merry Christmas! I had a lady the other day, she goes, oh, well, happy holidays. I said, whoop. Well, uh, give me my money back. She goes, Oh, wah, 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 wah. I said, huh? If you can't say Merry Christmas to me while I'm giving you my money, I'm not buying this stuff. Well, well, sir, uh, 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 I said, I know your bosses don't like you to do it, right? She goes, well, yeah. I said, well, let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Merry Christmas! And she's going, Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, let the manager come throw me out, all right? As big as I am, if he can throw me out, okay, I praise God. It's interesting, though, isn't it? How about the Christmas song, Good King Wenceslas"? You know, I used to hear that song and I think, who's that? <laughs> In the 10th century, he was a bohemian duke who rather than demanding gifts from the people during the Christmas season, as most rulers did, He would give gifts to all the people under him in his village and in his town. And so they loved him so much, they wrote a song about him. How about St. Nicholas? He became the bishop of Myra in the 4th century. Legend has it that during his life, he would ride through the countryside and give gifts to poor boys and girls. And so they gave him the title, Old St. Nick. Remember the song 12 days of Christmas before the 1920s gifts were given on the 12th day after Christmas not on Christmas usually on January 6th the 12th day. It was a small token gift mostly given to children. They gave gifts on the 12th day after Christmas because they believed it to be the day 12 days after Christmas when the wise men arrived with their gifts from the east. Well, this morning, we want to look at the portraits of gifts. The king was born. Wise men came to worship him. Let's pick up the story in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. Kind of interesting, really, when you take a look at those, uh, you know, who those scholars were. These magi were the religious teachers who knew the most about the birth of the Messiah. In fact, in verse 5, the Bible says that they even knew he would be born in Bethlehem. But they didn't go. These wise men were actually pagan astrologers and they saw a star in the east they had never seen before. And so they wanted to find out what it was. They just wanted to check it out. And what they found changed their lives. Flash ahead 2,000 years and take a portrait of you this morning. You may be here just to check things out. But it's my prayer and our prayer as a church that the portrait of the gifts will perhaps change your life forever as well. Now let's get to the gifts. What about the gifts of the wise men? And again in Matthew chapter 2 in verse 9 after they had heard the king Herod they went on their way and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star they were overjoyed. On coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, Or frankincense and myrrh. When we take a look at the three, at these gifts, these three gifts these wise men brought, there is a significance to them. We don't know exactly how many wise men there were, how many people were in their whole caravan. It was probably a lot of people and most of them appeared to be rich because they made this journey from the east and it was quite a journey. And so they would need extensive provisions and help to make the journey. But we also know that King Herod knew of them and he honored them. One other point that we need to remember about the wise men is that we do not know I mean excuse me we do know that they brought three interesting gifts. The first one was gold. Scholars would indicate that this gift was a symbol of royalty. King Solomon in the Old Testament covered everything in gold during some of the best times in Israel. In fact, the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem has is gold. It's gold. So it stands out, glistens in the sunshine. Uh, ladies, if you receive gold at Christmas, you feel like royalty, don't you? Some of the faces on those women in those Zales commercials—they they feel like royalty. I like that one where the little the little girl's going, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh." Or the the, the one that I really get to, and I think it's a Jared commercial where the the guys at the football game and he's and they got him on the jumbotron and the three football players goes, "Oh man, that's a good looking ring." I'm de- <laughs> he's describing the ring, and, and the other and he starts to tear up because it was a beautiful expression of his love. I thought, "Whoa." But you feel royal. You feel important when you receive that gold. The second gift was frankincense. It's an incense, a kind of incense that the high priest would use when he offers sacrifice in the Old Testament. It could indicate that the wise men understood that Jesus was a holy man, a high priest. Then there was myrrh, spice that was used again by royalty, some have said that this is a spice that was primarily used for the embalming process, symbolizing possibly Christ's death on the cross. could indicate that the wise men understood the power of this child, that He would be a Savior. After all, His name was Jesus. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. But what about you? What gifts would you bring to the king maybe the greatest gift you could give jesus this christmas is the gift of making him king lord of your life maybe high priest maybe savior in your life i don't know you'll have to answer that question secondly i want us to see a gift that we can bring the gift of worship and also they brought this gift as well Look again at verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped Him. One of the first times the word worship is mentioned in the New Testament. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? The worship isn't done by those who knew all about the Messiah. The worship is given to Jesus by pagan astrologers who come into contact with God in the flesh. The treasures that they give really are secondary to the worship that they gave him. The first worship mentioned in the Old Testament is in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 5. When Abraham is going to sacrifice his son to God. The Bible said that this gift of Abraham was created and credited to him as righteousness. The gift of worship brings Righteousness In both situations, the word "worship" in the context is in the context of giving something to God. Worship involves bringing something to God. So every Sunday, when you come to church, you should bring something to God. We oftentimes think about this as what we bring, secondary. What we should bring to God is this. Bring yourself to God. Bring your heart to God. We have an old cross in the front, kneeling bench in the front for a reason. Because if God at any time during our service touches you, we want you to feel free to go up there. Get on your knees and pray. Call out to God. Let Him know that you you want Him and you desire Him. That you love Him and care for Him. As proud and wise and intelligent and rich as these men were, it's amazing, absolutely amazing that they bowed down. In fact, the New Living Translation says, they fell down before Him and worshipped a baby. That's awesome. Maybe the greatest gift that you could give Jesus this Christmas is your pride, or your riches, or your earthly wisdom, or intellect, or maybe just your worship. Maybe it's time this morning to fall down and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about a greater gift, a gift that God gave to every one of us in the form Of his son Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10 of Matthew 2. When they saw the star. They were. What does it say? Overjoyed. Why were the wise men overjoyed? The New American Standard Bible says. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Sounds like they were filled with joy. But why were they filled with joy? Well maybe. It's because of how the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 9.15 when he said, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. You can't describe Jesus. He's hard to describe. How can a baby create such joy? But they do. Don't babies do that? You just get around them for a few minutes especially when they get a little older and they start smiling at you. And they smile at the silliest things. You'll go up and go, and they start smiling. It must be baby language or something. I don't know. And I went to Bible college four years to learn how to talk to them. I'll tell you my favorite, one of my favorite connecting kids at this church is Mariah. When Kathy was carrying her in the womb and she would be in the service and when I would preach, that baby... Would jump when she was in labor at the hospital, Cindy made me leave the room because everything I said that her labor got more intense, and even now, when Mariah hears my voice, she turns to look for me <laughs> Only Aaron has that more than I do, and i 'm glad he does glad he does, but the other yesterday i held out my hands and asked her to come and let me pick her up. And she walked right over to me. And as soon as I picked her up, she laid her head on my chest. Hey, that's what it's all about, man. And I hope that I can always stay connected with that little girl. Because there's going to be a day when it's time for her to learn who Jesus is and make him her Lord and Savior. And I want to watch her mom and dad baptize her into Christ. Don't let me steal that from them. I want them to do it. Boy, isn't that awesome? And parents, you know what I'm talking about. When your kids respond to that voice, when they're just starting to get where they can understand and focus on stuff and they hear your voice and they start looking for you. You can be in a store and one kid yells, Mom! And the real mom knows whose voice it is. Isn't it amazing? There's going to be 4,500 moms in there, but you're the mom and that's your kid. That's amazing. But that's the connection, you see. Moms carry those kids for nine months. They know. They know. Don't don't you ever believe that they don't know what's going on in their development in the womb. They know. Wise men were overjoyed. It's indescribable. Probably the same way the Ethiopian eunuch felt. In Acts chapter 8, when he found out that he could be given the gift of, of life through Christ. Or in Acts 16, when the Philippian jailer, a Roman soldier, an outcast, given the gift of Jesus. The Bible says he was filled with joy. Best gifts are the ones that meet some great need that you and I have. And that's exactly what happens when these wise men found what they had been looking for. The Prince of Peace. My family tells me all the time that I'm the hardest person to buy a gift for. And I probably am. But you know, in essence, I don't need anything. My greatest joy is watching them. My greatest joy is giving gifts to them. But you know what? I've had to learn over the years to be a gracious receiver also. Because if I don't receive a gift, not that I'm looking for a gift, but if I'm not willing to receive a gift, then I'm robbing them of their joy to give that gift. Okay? No matter what the gift is. I remember when the boys used to make gifts. And you'd open them up and you'd try to figure out, what in the world am I looking at here? But boy, you'd get excited. when Whoa, this is awesome. Come tell me about this gift. I had to have some explanation because I had no idea. But you know what? Those are st- precious gifts, aren't they? Because it came from in here. That's what I love. That's what I love about what's going to happen to these kids in just a little bit of, around lunch. We're going to have them take, take one of their gifts and open it for us. And so stick around. Watch them. And watch them. Hopefully you took the bottom of the angel off so they don't know what it is before they open it. But if you didn't, that's okay too. There's just something special about it. Something special. And this particular group of kids, of all that we've had here at the church, asked for so little. I was amazed at how little they asked for. Now, they're going to find out how generous you are, and next year will probably be a different story, but that's all right. (laughs) It's all right. God sent his son to earth, provided our greatest need, and that is salvation. In John 6, Peter asks if he's going to leave Jesus because of some hard teaching that Jesus is giving them. Peter answers and he says, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. There's a beautiful legend about the three wise men who followed the start of Bethlehem. They were all on a quest. It seems that one of them was a young man and in his youthful idealism, he looked for a king. Someone who would actually be real and honest and brave and powerful. He carried gold, a fitting gift for royalty. Another was a middle-aged man. And to satisfy the deep questions that disturbed his maturing mind, he longed to find God. He didn't really know what God looked like, but he knew that if he could just find Him, he would find what he had been looking for all of his life. His gift of frankincense with which to worship God whom he hoped to find. And then there was that third, and legend says he was an older man, many scars that sin had left on him, longed to discover a Savior. He wanted someone who would identify with him, hurt with him, and maybe even bring peace to him. Feeling that his Savior must be a sufferer, he took with him a gift of healing myrrh. And when the old man saw the star stop, he went into the house and he saw the purity and the peace of this baby. He felt his knees buckle and he fell down in worship. And when the middle-aged man went into the house and he saw the simplicity and wonder of a child, he too fell down and he wept that he had found the truth. And when the young man entered the house and saw the strength and serenity of a child king, he went to his knees and bowed in submission because he had found a king. They left behind treasures that once held great value for them Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they were nothing in comparison to the gifts they had received. When they followed that star, the worship team comes to help me close. Let me ask you this morning, what will you do with Jesus? Will you accept God's gift to you and what will you give to Him? What gifts do you bring? To the king. Will you bring him gold as a king. Frankincense as a priest. Or myrrh as a savior. Or will you simply fall down. And worship him. As Lord. Would you pray with me. Heavenly father we ask you. This morning. In the simplicity of the message. That you touch each heart. God, that You restore those that have made some mistakes. That You would honor them with Your love and forgiveness. And God, perhaps there's somebody here in such a place where they want to know You as their Savior. God, I'd love the chance to sit down and study with them. In fact, some have indicated that and... We're going to make appointments to do that in just in the next couple of weeks because we want to make sure that they understand exactly what they're going through. We want to open your word and let you speak to us in that respect. But God, these wise men came bringing gifts only to receive far more. So God, today, as we surrender to you the gift of our life, You have promised so much more. And we can leave here rejoicing. We can leave here forgiven. We can leave here unburdened. We can leave here free. Free at last. Free at last. If there's somebody here today, God, would you touch them, move them, give them courage to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.